Welcome to the Exploring Leadership Show, where we talk with some of the world's most forward-thinking, influential CEOs and other top business leaders to learn about leadership experiences and how they're building world-class organizations. Brought to you by Warrior Leadership. Now, here's your host, Spence Taylor. I'm so excited to have Angel Rebo as my special guest today. Angel is the owner at the CEO Confidant. Really excited to hear more about that uh, and especially about you, Angel. So welcome to the show. So glad you could join us today. Of course, of course. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me, Spence. And thank you, everybody who's listening to us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. One of the things I love about Angel, just in the few minutes I've been blessed to know him so far before we started recording, we met the other day, uh, is just he is one of these leaning forward, always moving, uh, making a difference in the world, not only in his business, but also he, in our few minutes together, he talking about his role as a father and, and, uh, just other different responsibilities in life. He is one of those all in type individuals. Now, Angel, I have to ask, where do you get that? And maybe in, in answering that, you can also share some of the highlights of your life with us. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think it's so, it's so into me. I mean, if, if I use all my experience and all my knowledge, okay, so if I go like beyond the question that you're asking me, number one, it will probably start from my previous generations, my ancestors, and it goes back really. Uh, one time I had someone telling me that seven lifetimes ago, I was at a Templar night, a Templar night that, you know, if you remember those guys in Europe, yes. yep. I was actually, I was born in that area in Europe, south of Europe. And those guys were like protecting the Holy Grail, if you remember this, and they were protecting the fa- faith and everything. So that's kind of the, the 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 answer of what comes to my mind. But obviously, throughout my life, I, I think that I've always been extremely present all the time. I think that also my father is a very optimistic guy, and he was really kind of the person I was always looking up to. And he was always like, you know, everywhere I would go with him, he was always speak with everybody and he would always be present and always, you know, being himself no matter what. And I think that, they, that I inherited that. And also, obviously, throughout your professional life, you realize that the others get also excited, kind of, uh, you know, someone said some one time that I, I'm infectious, right, in the positive way. And actually, why not using it? Why not trying to help others to have the right infection, if I may say that, I know it's a difficult time to say this, but still, you know, we kind of go through life continuously distracted by things that are not really important for us. So why not trying to, you know, contagiate someone with something which is really positive? That's why I'm always trying to be myself, no matter what, and being passionate and upbeat. And, and people tell me, you know, you really made a difference in my life. And that's what I'm looking for. And then I've always thrived to do that. Boy, I love that. Yep. I love how you put it too. Even in our uh, post-pandemic, hopefully post soon, at least it's optimistic, but uh, the world beyond the pandemic, that the idea of a contagion is something that, <laughs> that we've, uh, we've thought about. And again, we can frame it in a very positive sense. And you do that every day. Now, a key theme in how you describe that is being present. And I think that is such a, man, it, it's such a, uh, unique and becoming more rare, it seems. It's so easy to be distracted, to be in more than one place at once in terms of being present with someone, like, for example, your kids, but really being at work in your mind. So how do you do that? What is the <laughs> secret, so to speak, to being present? Yeah, thank you. So probably it's, it's also a mix of different things, right? Number one, to become aware 
that there's a, there are a lot of distractions around you. That would be the first thing. Develop this self-awareness that you are aware that things are distracting you. I do something with my CEO clients and my entrepreneurs, which is uh, literally one day of shadowing, right? I call, I call it in a different way, but I call it like, you know, discover your superpowers in a day in which I typically shadow people and I go with them for a day. And after that, that day, I tell them what I have perceived were the distractions or, you know, many different things. But it's basically, it's basically a day of self-awareness for the people I am with. And we don't realize, but we're continually distracted by things which are not really important in our lives. And we know it. We know it. We know that which is important for us is, let's say, our family, our finances, you know, our friends, our relatives. But still, we spend a lot of time doing things which are not aligned with this. And let me tell you, actually, I watched a, a movie called The Social Dilemma. You know if you have watched it, but I would really recommend that movie to everybody because it's a, it's a documentary in which former C-level executives of the most important social media outlet companies in the world, they talk about what their business was really about. Mm. And I'm not going to disclose what the movie is about because it's amazing. Again, the social dilemma. But let me just leave you with a nugget, which is they don't allow their kids to have cell phones. They don't allow their kids to have cell phones until they are really old, like 18 years old. Mm. So what I'm trying to tell you is that, I mean, even for myself, my cell phone is my working tool, right? Because I have to be always on top of my game. I have to be always like listening to my mess to my clients. Some like clients like to talk to me through a, per a particular, you know, <laughs> message app and the others with another message app. So we are continuously distracted. Number one, be aware of that. Number two, what do you do in order to calm that down? So I have to say that something that have helped me a lot, and it's it's gonna sound weird, but Something that helped me a lot a while ago was I was using an app. Actually, that there's a different app right now, but it, it does the same thing. The only thing that that app did was every single, let's say every five minutes or 10 minutes or, or 15 minutes, you could program that app on my cell phone. And I'm, I know that I'm contradicting myself a little bit here, but it was the tool for me to realize this. The only thing that that app would do was to ask me every 15 minutes or 10 or five, right? Where would you like your attention to be right now? Hmm. Where would you like your attention to be right now? When you get a cue like this for a certain time, eventually that becomes a habit. So eventually you become more and more and more conscious and more aware of what's distracting you from being fully you. People like you because when you are fully you, right? So if we can become more aware and we continuously ask ourselves, hey, what I'm doing now, you know, I was, I was checking for an email from a, one of my clients, but suddenly I find myself on Facebook or on LinkedIn or doing things. You know, it's so easy. That happens to us all day long. And guess what? That thing, that post from a friend might, might take us to another post and to, oh, that article sounds, oh, sounds interesting. Oh, look at, look at what, you know, this business school just discovered after doing that particular study. Suddenly it's been 20 minutes, 30 minutes. And you wasted that time forever. We don't realize, but this is happening continuously, continuously. We, are, we live in a world of distraction that does not allow us to be fully ourselves. That's why when I get this opportunity, like the one that you're giving me, uh, Spence, it's, it's so valuable just to be yourself and to explain to others your journey because that might inspire someone. 
and become aware of what really is going on in the world. You know, and then obviously a lot of people ask me, you know, how, how can you be present with everything that's going on around you, right? Everything that's going on around you. And I have to say, I stopped watching the news five years ago or six years ago now. Hmm. <laughs> how can you even suggest someone, don't look at the news, right? Don't watch the news today. <laughs> They're going to tell you, oh my God, you're crazy. We have to know exactly what's happening right now because of A, B, C, and D. I have to say, you know, I consider myself to be whole and complete all the time, regardless of what's going on in the world. And I think this is also one of the secrets of why I do what I do and why people follow me and why people, you know, work with me. Because I always feel whole and complete. And I always go back to that center and that presence that allowed me to be my, myself. If I wasn't fully present, I couldn't be like even opening the mouth right now after the question that you asked me. And it's so funny that we're talking about this and your your background right now. I mean, you can see, I think it's a scarf or a sign from the U.S. Army, right? And there's another one with, with the word warrior. So again, you know, we're people taking action, right, Spence? <laughs> <laughs> so the distractions don't help us. Yeah. And if you've been in the military, oh my God, do you learn about distractions? Oh my God, <laughs> you do <laughs> for the good and for the bad, right? For the good, distracting maybe others. And then for the bad, maybe, you know, uh, be careful because we might be distracted with this other thing. Again, I'm talking about basic stuff, but guess what? Nobody tell us, <laughs> nobody tells us, excuse me, about this basic stuff, Spence. I absolutely love what you've shared. It's right on. I love your phrase you said earlier that people like you when you are fully you which I, I take partially to mean that uh, distracted people are not all that likable. <laughs> like when, you know, when you're with someone, but you're not really with them, you're not all that likable. I was in a business conference a few years ago and there was a presenter that had us go through an exercise where we turned to the person next to us and we took turns. One of us would be sharing something very personal with that person next to us in a detailed way. And the other person, their job was to get on their phone and ignore what was being said you can kind of imagine what that would be like to, but to really go through it, even though it was an exercise and it was set up and everyone knew it was set up. I still remember it really felt deeply hurtful and almost, it was easy to, to be offended by the fact that this person next to you is not listening uh, because they're distracted and they're not fully present. So anyway, I just thought of that experience as you were talking and there's just so much power in that, not only from a practical standpoint of just wanting to be human and be kind and, and uh, generous with each other, but even from a business standpoint, we really can't get meaningful work done. We can't build meaningful relationships with clients and other stakeholders if we're not present. Absolutely. I agree. And again, you know, being fully present is how you can provide the best to others, not only professionally speaking, but also personally speaking. And, you know, another thing that this last, you know, 14, 16, 17 months have taught us, it's now, you know, mid-2021, is that we are now craving for connection. We need to connect with others. <laughs> you know, people want and seek connection, regardless of restrictions. You know, they really want to. They really want to. They might have been in fear in the beginning, but right now, I mean, you go to stores and regardless of what their policies are, you know, they really want to give you a smile and they really want you to smile them back. And they really, I mean, if they could, they will hug you. You know, there's people, I love to hug people. I mean, just yesterday, I was at, at a very famous grocery store. I think it was maybe one of the last customers there. 
And the lady was the last one at that, that hairline. And she was so kind. It's like, it's like she's been my friend forever. Forever. No, really. It's like crazy, crazy kind. And I, and I thought to myself, there's so many people that really are fully present and they're just expressing their inner feelings to someone that they don't know personally, but they still want to make them feel, you know, appreciated and loved. And I can tell you, I don't know, I've never worked in retail, but she had many choices, you know. I mean, she could say, I'm one of the last customers, you know, let's do it fast, you know, whatever, or just a smile. No, no, no. She went overboard with, with her kindness. And, and, and I think that we are, all, we are all the same, to be honest. We're all the same. I love that perspective. I, I do. It's such an optimistic view of humanity. And I think it's true. Uh, again, you talked earlier about your going off of the news, so to speak, you know, not paying attention to what's going on in the news. Uh, so much of that is negative. And there's there's a lot that we really can't do about about what's happening anyway. You know, and I think it's good to be aware of the things that we can control, that we can act on. And one of those things, again, just the theme so far in our conversation is we can act on whether we are present, whether we're focused on what's happening in front of us, especially the person in front of us. Something as simple as an exchange at a grocery store now has made it onto this podcast because this woman chose to be present and she chose to be kind and generous, even though you were the, one of the last, if not the last guests or customers of the day, she was intentional about how she approached that. So I think that's a magnificent uh, principle. I love it. Intentional. Exactly. Intentional. That's like the super complimentary word to what we were talking about of being fully present, being intentional, because when we're fully present, we can be totally intentional, mm -hmm. totally intentional. We really can do magic when we are fully intentional. One thing is to wake up in the morning and just go with the flow. Another one is to be intentional and then go with the flow. Those are two completely different days. And you asked me before, what helps me every single day? Let me tell you, it's already three years and a half almost already. Yeah, exactly. I started meditating, but in reality, it's an intention experiment that we do every single week. So there's a group of people called, we call ourselves the power of eight. We follow the teachings of a lady from the UK. She's called Lynn McTaggart. She's a business partner with uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, very well known here in the U.S., and she puts in place these groups. So after attending a, you know, a Dr. Joe Dispenza's event three years and a half ago, we started every single morning. So every single morning at 8 a.m. Central Time, nine of us meet every single morning for an intention. So we do an intention experiment every single morning, every single morning. And I have to tell you, this also changes my life because, you know, I could be like setting up some alarm for meditating myself, but when you have another group of eight people and they keep you accountable and everything, it's amazing. There's people in California that wakes up, that uh, wake up, excuse me, at six a.m. There's wow. people in Mexico that sometimes they, they, you know, depending on the time of the year, they they wake up uh, early as well. And again, being intentional means that you are putting that energy, that focus into where you want to go that day. And it changes the day. Again, it changes the day. For instance, today I was looking at what I was going to do today and I saw our interview here now. And we had already had a very nice interaction. So I said, I really look forward to meeting with Spence again because I know we're going to have a great time together. <laughs> you know, it's just like that, you know. And I'm going to make, you know, I have another one in, in, in a couple of hours and, you know, I'm going to show up as myself and being myself. And every conversation is different, as you know. 
And I believe that, as you know, because you are the master of ceremony here, so you have your audience and everything. And you know, every every episode has a life of its own, right? It really has a life of its own. It's, it, I mean, you 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 intend it to be, or you think it's going to be like this, but suddenly you find a very interesting topic that you want to develop, right? So again, yep. it's the power of being intentional and the power of being present, totally. I love how you put that. Yep, that's beautiful. Well, and I suspect that a lot of uh, these foundational principles, intentionality and presence and not being distracted and some of these ideas tie into the work you do at the CEO Confidant. I'd be curious to hear how that applies in that world of the work you do with CEOs and their companies. Yes. So I would say that the main, well, the main mantra I use with my clients, both corporate CEOs and established entrepreneurs, it's always the same thing. The main mantra, the main business mantra I use is Take imperfect action now. Take imperfect action now. As you see, immediately, this is so related to being present, so related to being intentional and, and taking perfect action now. Don't leave it for the future. And the, how does that relate uh, you know, to businesses? Well, basically, every single business is created to provide a product or a service, to generate value for someone that is looking for that value, whatever that is. Right. So in order to take that into the market, you have to follow certain steps. But I have followed the startup world for the last probably like 10 years, even more. And I have realized that more and more and more and more, the emphasis has been put when someone launches their own business, has been put in connect with your audience first, talk to your audience first, your potential audience. You might not even know who your audience is. Start talking to your potential future clients that can be business partners, friends, it can be relatives, it can be your very close, you know, uh, circle of, of influence in your community, whoever they are. And I start talking to them about what you would like to do. And this is completely imperfect action. Hey, I have these two or three ideas I would like to launch to the market. What do you tell me? Would you hire me? What would the price be? How would you actually take these services if I started to? If I launch this company doing this, and I want to tap onto a very important thing, which is besides this taking perfect action now, is that what are the questions that we are asking ourselves? What are the questions that we are asking ourselves? And what are the questions that we ask others? When we start, like the first thing we start, you know, talking to our future clients and we start asking them questions, why don't we ask them open-ended questions as of, you know, what would you do? How would you, as, a, as opposed to, you know, close-ended questions so that you get more com- comprehensive responses from them. And it's much easier to gather more market intelligence from them. So it's always like perfection is, you know, it's beautiful, right? I mean, you, you can define perfection from many different perspectives, right? But even, I think it was Patton, right? Who said a very violent, you know, uh, struggle, or, or attack being done right now is much more powerful than a very well thought out attack done in the future. I believe in that totally. Business is the exact same thing. We typically are very afraid of exposing ourselves because since we are in the school, do you see this? Since we are in the school, we always have to fit in. We always have to fit in. And I live that with my, you know, you mentioned my family earlier. I live this every single day. I still have three kids. 20, 12, and 11, and my 11 and 12, when I am fully present and I go places with them, they tell me, hey, daddy, come on, don't talk to each other. I mean, don't be so cringy, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, they, they tell me these things. And I always make the reflection, hey, 
why do you think it's, it's crazy? We had a very nice conversation with this waiter, store manager, whoever that is, you know, or that person that we met at the coffee shop. You never know where that conversation is going to go. We all have met people that we were not expecting to meet, and suddenly that became a relationship, a business relationship, a client, a partner, or someone that introduced you to someone else, right? So that fit in, which that we grow up, is really a deterrent of our success. That's why you take imperfect action now from a place of being yourself and being intentional and being present. I think it's the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey, the beginning of your business initiative. Even if you already have a large business and you want to start something else, do it like this. So take imperfect action now. That's wonderful. Really love it. I love how you've illustrated it, uh, not only in a business context, but even in uh, I think the more important context with your kids and and the way that you go about that, even with some resistance, I, I smile a bit uh, as you talk about your kids kind of saying, you know, stop doing that. Uh, I'm glad I'm not the only one who gets those types of messages because I have the same <laughs> tendency. It's like, why are you talking to that grocery store clerk or the server at the restaurant or the yeah. person at the at the convenience store, you know, whatever it is. But I have the same belief in it. And it's, it is amazing just how often it plays out. Again, not that that's why you do it. It's not like you have an agenda. But it's just being, again, back to being present, like being kind and, and trying to be a light to, to others as much as you can. Whether or not that leads to something, it doesn't really matter. It, it's more just about the difference you can make in that person's life and being blessed by the difference they make in your own life, too. Yes, I'm being appreciative with the other person as well. Being appreciative. I remember my 20-year-old had, has had two or three different jobs on restaurants, and he's serving people and, and selling and uh, I remember one time I was going with him and was going through this line to get a coffee from this famous, you know, coffee, coffee store. And the lady, the lady serving us the coffees when we, when our turn got, uh, when we got to the first place in the lane and the uh, lane was uh, on the line, excuse me, she was extremely kind and, and courteous and very nice smile. My son goes, daddy, she's not being honest. She's just faking it. Because that she's been told to, you know, and then I thought, listen, so I think that personally you can feel, you can perceive if someone is being genuine or not. Mm -hmm. And still, if your company is telling you to be kind, you have a choice. You still have a choice. So, you know, obviously that was his way being a grown up to tell me, don't be so cringy. <laughs> don't be so cringy because obviously when someone is really kind, I'm also very kind. You know, and I tell things like, you made my day when, when, when they're making my day, really. And I, I tell them, you know, God bless or, you know, you have a great rest of the day or whatever that is. You know, I, I really, I, th I think that this is the real connection among people the, and, and it, it, it can be created, you know. So, so um, and, and still, I believe that my 20 year old, when he serves people in, in, in the places where he has worked, or where he works, I still think that he's genuine when he puts a smile on and when he serves them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. I, I'm grateful for this this segment, just this top topic, because it it leaves me in a place of wanting to be more intentional and more more present. Uh, again, in def whatever the interaction is, whether it's a business interaction or just casual. So I'm I'm thankful for that. I'm, I'm going to be better because of it, and that's that's a wonderful value that you've you blessed me with and i hope our listeners i'm confident they are being similarly blessed because it's such a powerful principle now i, I want to shift gears for a minute because there was another thing that we touched on uh, in our planning conversation you talked to me a, a little bit about the importance of sharing clear expectations 
with the people who are closest to us and how so often we act on assumption rather than on clarity and expectation. Can you peel that apart for us a little bit and break it down? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Typically that comes, I would say that comes more from like the work environment, the workplace that, you know, you have to set the right expectations. You have to set the right expectations. Otherwise there's confusion, miscommunication and everything else, right? But I believe that there's something that it's called like the, you know, these secret expectations agreement that mm-hmm. we all have uh, we, with each other, right? We all have with each other. So regardless of who you have a relationship with, regardless there's always going to be things that you expect from that person and that person is going to have things that they expect from you. And guess what? There's going to be always things that you will never talk about. So there's always going to be expectations that that person has about you and that you have about that person. Always. That's always going to happen. Even if it's your partner in life and you've been together for 40 years, I dare you to do this simple exercise. What do I expect from the other side? You both, you know, you, you both separate yourselves for like for five, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and you write a list of the expectations. I dare you that after that, you say, oh my God, I did not know that. I did not know that. And that happens all the time with everybody, not only with their personal relationships, but also with your professional relationship, with your colleagues, with your relatives. I remember one time, I mean, this is so so life-changing, Spence, that one time I did this exercise with one client because he wanted to use it with his girlfriend. After he and I did the exercise, you know what he said? I don't want to do it. (laughs) I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't put, you know, black and white what I am expecting from her. And I don't want her to write down what she's expecting from me. And again, obviously, that's fine. You know, I'm not here to judge anybody. What I'm trying to say is that such a powerful exercise that we continuously, we are surrounded by people that we've never asked them the real expectations or the total expectations. You know, it's, it's up to you to decide what kind of expectations, you know. But what is that conversation going to lead us? If we really like that person, if we really love that person, it's going to generate probably when you see their list, right? When you see their list of expectations, probably it's going gonna, it's gonna to create what? Compassion, humility, love, care. You're probably going to feel bad. Oh my God, all these years with you and I didn't know this. And I have really, I have been procrastinating this forever. And I didn't know it was so important for you. You know, it's amazing. So I would really encourage everybody to do this, you know, secret agreement with the people around you who are important with you. And you can obviously do that as well with your kids. It's a little bit risky because obviously kids don't really know the important things in life, right? They are still under our shield, under our protection. And they don't know. I mean, if if they say that, my expectation is to go every single summer to Hawaii and spend there one whole month and go to the volcanoes and Blah, 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 blah. But still, this is going to create an incredible conversation. And as the kids' minds are bubbling all the time, those expectations are going to be changing over time. But still, what's wrong with a proper, sincere, up-to-date conversation, communication with someone? Nothing. There's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong. We're just fearful of having it. That's it. That's the reality, Spence. Yeah. Well, I love that you emphasized the outcomes of that conversation 
is almost always, at least, you know, it's hard to, to say in, in every single case, but the whole goal behind it is to have more compassion, more understanding, more empathy, more love, more kindness. And again, that certainly integrates with what we talked about kind of during the first half of our conversation here. The thing I also love about the challenge that you presented to our listeners is that I think it can go both directions. It's not only a conversation about what I expect of you, but it can also be me expressing to you what I think you expect of me. Like it can exactly. kind of use, right, both directions. Totally, totally, totally. Actually, the exercise has not only one question, but it has many questions. So totally, it has different levels of, let's say, refinement. Let's put it this way. So yes, absolutely. I agree with you. Again, the worst thing about communicating is that we don't do it enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've looked at a lot of uh, data over the last several years around uh, basically leadership surveys and employee engagement surveys and a lot of comments like qualitative and quantitative data from different different organizations around the world. And the single biggest thing that I've seen is exactly what you've just talked about, which is that there is a lack of clarity in expectations. The leaders think that their people know what they expect as the leader, that the employee thinks that they know what their other peer employee expects of them and, and as part of a team, you know, whatever the, whatever the specific context, but consistently there is a lack of expectation or a lack of clarity in, in what the expectations are in reality versus the perceived expectations. And the way to solve that, the way to fill that gap is exactly what you just said. It's communication. Again, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that, I mean, there's thousands of books out there about communication. There's so many different speeches and articles and podcasts and whatever else about communication. And yet the data shows that we still are not communicating effectively enough. So I, that's what I love about the exercise. This challenge you've given again to us today as, as kind of our action item is go and have those conversations, go through the, the list of, uh, of some of these questions and variations that apply to your, your specific setting. And you're going to walk away uh, with clearer expectations, closing that gap, so to speak, and therefore strengthening the relationship. That's ultimately going to be the outcome. Even if there is a, uh, there's a need to kind of navigate the distance from where we are now to where we need to be. There's sometimes there's some bumps along the road in getting there, but once you get there, you're going to be standing on so much more solid ground and make a bigger impact in whatever, again, family work, whatever, whatever setting. Exactly. And the same way I love to actually conduct surveys with my C C level executives on my network. And every time I do that, I find that the number one challenge they have is their teams, is Hmm. their teams. Right now, mid-2021, the number one challenge for everybody's teams is talent, is motivation, is engagement, is uh, skills. Skills. Actually, it was last week, one of the largest uh, consulting groups in the world actually launched a survey, and the result of the survey was the number one concern that the CEOs have today, and was upskilling, upskilling my workforce, upskilling. What are the... What are the right skills I should be giving and how should I do that to my workforce right now? How should I do that? How should I do that? You know, so, and, and I'm not, I'm not surprised, but guess what? If the CEOs still think, and they will always think that their team is the most important challenge they have, and they know communication can be, you know, generating a gap between both of them. The question is, what can they do in order to close that gap? And I think that then if you if you studied so much leadership, it goes down to the leadership style. What kind of CEO are you? Are you fully conscious about the wants and needs of your workforce? 
of your employees? Are you genuinely taking care about them? Are you genuinely listening to them? Is listening part of the exercise of your C-suite, of your different levels of management in your company? Ask yourself that. You know, and now that we, you know, there's been so many restrictions with physical contact, guess what? Physical contact might resume, right? Might, might happen again. But still, most of the companies are going through or to hybrid models. And uh, I remember talking to a very large corporation's uh, vice president for sales, and he was telling me, hey, some of my salespeople actually left the company because they were not comfortable selling online. Hmm. They were very successful shaking hands and closing deals with people. But right now that they have to do it online, they weren't comfortable, so they left. That's why, again, going back to the conversation, what skills do you have to give your employees to retain the talent and to keep on nurturing and cultivating the talent, the, the skills of the talent that is still with you? You know, it's a fascinating moment, Spence. I think that we are so lucky to live the moment that we live. I'm so positive. I'm having chills as I'm telling you. People might see the world in a negative note right now. Oh, my God. There's so many opportunities. It's, it's, it's amazing what's going on in the world right now. And it's amazing that we can have this conversation and we can talk about, you know, leadership and, and presence and intention, being intentional. It's fascinating what we can do, communicating this and inspiring other people through, through your podcast today, Spence. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, the thought that I was just inspired by you in my mind as, as you were talking is related to this, uh, this idea of uh, embracing all the opportunities that are out there. I think as the rate of change increases, obviously this, this last uh, almost 18 months now has been probably the most dramatic change on a global scale that we've all had to kind of navigate at the same pace as that rate of change, the rate of new opportunities open up to us at the same level. And so we don't, it's easy to be overwhelmed by the negative side of, of change, but change equals opportunity, I guess is the point, right? You, you talked just about this example of sales, sales executives being uncomfortable selling online. There's an opportunity. Let, let's help them be more comfortable. Yeah, there's opportunities for this hybrid model and helping leaders navigate how to, how to do that successfully. Your comment around upskilling the workforce, you know, whatever it is, all of those are opportunities that didn't exist in the same way a year and a half ago. They've been created by change and by hardship and by adversity. Not that we ever invite that, uh, but when it comes, it also is always accompanied by it as a companion of it uh, is new opportunity. And let me let me compliment that also because what I was as I was listening, another thought came to my mind, which is I think that it makes sense more than ever before after those 18 months that you just described perfectly, is that be aware that there's this foundational skill that you have to have moving forward, no matter what, which is prepare to change, prepare to change. You have to have that skill. How do you adapt to the new situation? How do you adapt to new things, new environments, right? New, new expectations, new things in the world. How do you prepare to that? How do you gain that skill? How do you learn that skill and you put it to work continuously? And obviously right now, I mean, let, let's simplify, right? But we, there might be people working in corporate America in any company, you know, small, medium, large. There might be people who are entrepreneurs. There might be people who are on, on the fence. They, they still don't know what to do. But guess what? And listen to me, please. Don't give away your power. Regardless 
if you are working and contributing to the value of a large corporation or someone else's company, or you're working, you know, for yourself, or you're still on the fence of not knowing what to do, keep your power with you. Keep your power with you. Your ability to create, to inspire, to serve, it's yours, regardless of where you are. Are you now working on those skills that I just mentioned as a foundation of your life moving forward? Are you prepared right now to face the future? Are you or are you not? What are you doing to gain those skills? Where are you getting inspired? Where are you getting those messages you know, every single day that you know, help you go through the day? Build that foundation to be ready for any change, any change. And again, I know it's difficult and you might be in, you might be hurting. And I heard with you because I heard with my clients. I heard with you. But regardless, my duty is to tell you, prepare to change. Put in place something right now that's going to allow you to have your mind moving forward in a place where change is going to become natural. And even, even if those you know, changes might be painful in the beginning. Hey, keep on moving forward. Keep on moving forward. Keep on moving forward. Right. And that's very important today. Those are the foundational skills. And every single corporation should be working on giving those basic skills, those essential skills that will allow the entire corporation also, you know, to move forward in the future. But those are very, you know, foundational. That's where we have to go because when everything else changes, what do you do? Go back to basics. But do it now. Do it now. We're already 18 months into it. Do it now so you have a much better certain future. I'm trying to give you a certainty here. I'm trying to give you certainty. Okay? Put certainty in your life. You really can do it regardless of where you are in your life right now. Powerful, powerful. I absolutely love it. I have uh, tried to distill down the, the things we've discussed for the last uh, about 40 minutes into a few statements. So I've, I've I'll do my best here. The first is be intentionally present, take imperfect action now, prepare to change and don't give away your power. Like I think those four things really are, if you need a, a basic playbook, there it is, right? Those are things you can take and run yeah. with and make a difference now and be a better version of yourself. I love that you, you gave us that gift of, of these four principles. So I'm so grateful for you, Angel. Thanks for sharing all this with us. What is the best way for people to connect with you if they want to link either to you personally or to what you're doing with your, your company with the CEO, CEO Confidant? Yeah, thank you. Exactly. So my brand is the CEO Confidant. So if you Google me, you will see me in every single media outlet out there. But um, the place where I interact more with people is LinkedIn, is where my clients are, where the clients of my clients are. And uh, my email address, I'm going to share it with all of you. You can send me an email and either my, my team or myself, I'm going to respond to it. It's very easy. It's angel, A-N-G-E-L, at sign, angelrebooaltogether.com. Rebo is my last name. is R-I-B as in boy O. R-I-B as in boy O. So again, my email is angel at angelrebo.com. And Spence, it's been a pleasure. I've, I've really enjoyed this conversation. And obviously, thank you, everybody who's who's got the patience to, you know, listening to us today. Well, it's been very energizing. Again, I'm just so, so glad to have spent this time with you and excited to continue to get to know you and, and learn more about the great work you're doing. We'll, we'll make sure we put the links to uh, your, your email address, your website, as well as your LinkedIn profile in the show notes so people can easily connect with you. Thanks for blessing my life today. I'm very glad to have connected with you here, Angel. Absolutely. Thank you. 
for joining us for this episode of the Exploring Leadership Show. To receive a free company health assessment that clarifies your company's greatest strengths and biggest opportunities to improve, visit warriorslead.com. We'll see you next time.